You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. A break from our regular programming for this special episode, Raven's Reviews. Welcome to another episode of the Sirens Podcast of Raven's Reviews today. And, well, we have two special guests with us today. Um, both authors of Ted Bundy Memories of the Beast. I have EJ Hammond and Fabian Richard. Hi, guys. Thanks for being with Hi. us. Hello. Thank you so Thanks much. For us. Thank you so much for the meeting yeah. today, for this interview. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Sirens Podcast. Bienvenue sur le podcast des sirènes. It's like an artificial intelligence, but it's good. It's yes, good. yes, it is. Yeah. Let's start with you, Fabian. Let's just get to know you both a little bit first. Uh, I just kind yeah. of want to know, so we know you're in France. Where in France are you from? Um, I live in the north of Paris, uh, two hours, just in the middle, uh, just between Paris and, and Lille, Lille in a important cities in the north of France. Um, uh, I live in a little town, perhaps 800 people. And for me, it was really important to be here because all of my family was born here in the last, in the last century. Um, all of my family, my my mother, my father, and all of the people of my blood lived in, in the party of the countryside in the north of France. And it was really important to be in collection with my, with my hearse, with my, with my family, with my art and my stories. Because I'm not, I'm, a, I'm like a gypsy every time I travel all around the world for my work of journalist and for my different uh, missions. Uh, and for me, it was really important to have like a like a point of a point of love and uh, and an important place for me. And my home, my city, and my countryside are really important in my in my thinking process and in, in my personal life. Definitely. I heard that your father was a cop. Um, What was it like growing up and did you ever consider becoming a cop yourself? J'ai entendu dire que ton père était flic. Comment était-ce de grandir et avez-vous déjà envisagé de le devenir vous-même? For me, the story with the cops is really special because it was just not my father. My grandfather was cop, my aunt my uncles, my cousins. Oh, wow. Many, many people of my family uh, were cops in the past. And now again, because um, my cousins are cops again in, uh, in Paris and in different parts in France. Uh, for, me, for me, it was a special story because when you are, a ch- when you are children and you, you think at the life and you think at the future, you imagine, for example, to be doctor or to be, I don't know, fireman or uh, you want to be an hero. And and for me, it was really special because my, my mom was nurse uh, in special in a special hospital for all people during all of his life. She was with people who had um, Alzheimer people, the people who had Alzheimer. It was, my story was really special uh, with um, 
with the safety, with uh, with the stories of the victims. Uh, for me, it's like every day I live with heroes, with my father and my mother. But for me and for my brother, because my brother is coach of soccer in France, is a professional coach of soccer, the life was completely different. Because when you look your father every day, and when your father back at home is crying or is sad, um, he had luck, people were killed by another people, uh, women were raped by guys, and other bad stories like this. At the end of the line, you have not the dream to be a cop again. Uh, normally, normally it's like a tradition. So your grandfather was cop, your father was cop, normally you will be cop. But for me, I had a dream when I had when I was young, is to be not a normal cop, but a cop in my head, in my thinking process. And it's perhaps after 20 years, I had decided to be journalist and, and, and to be wider. Uh, it's, it's a sort of cop. It's a cop of life in reality. And I think like the connection between my between my work with 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 EG, for example, uh, it's like. It's a new cop. It's a cop of new generation. It's a cop of the branding of the of the branding system of the of the thinking process, and definitely, it was not a dream to be the same like my father because I know the consequences. You know that this is not is not a legend. We have many cops. We are we are alcoholics. We take drugs. We suicide. It's, it's terrible. The, the story of cops are terrible. And for the families of cops, it's not really easy to have a normal life. And for me, for my family, my life was good with my with my parents, with my brother. It's not this. But it was not the same for everybody. Sometimes it's different and sometimes it's sad. Sometimes you, you look the father or the mother of your friends who decide to suicide because the life is too hard. Because sometimes a guy is a normal guy and after a day of work is a killer because they are killed a young guy in the street for for what? Just because a young guy take a bottle of water or because just because he take a little piece of money in a bag of a woman is not a normal life for me and, and I had decided definitely when I ha- when I perhaps I was thirteen or fourteen I, I had decided immediately to to not to be caught because for me, it was not a normal life. It was a normal life, but not my life, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually know exactly what you mean because my entire family is mm-hmm. paramedics. Yeah, is this EMS? I even married yeah. a paramedic. It's the same. When I explain this, when I explain this, sometimes that people who have a normal life who works in an office or I don't know in a shop or I explain you are it, it's it's the same feeling. So you have two different life and the same life. Mm-hmm. You have your normal life with your family, and when you go to your work, you're in stress. It's dangerous. Constantly. Uh, for example, for paramedics, my, my mom, I, I had worked during all of his life with uh, with people who had Alzheimer's, for example. And when she's back at his home every day, she was sad because she said, I have no solution for this grandma or for this grandpa. I have no solution for the families of the victims. And at, at the end of the line, at the end of the story, when you look the story or your family, you said, okay, when I will be an adult, I don't want to be like this. Not because it's a nightmare, it's not this. It's just because it's not it's not cool to be sad all of your life. Yeah. I have a special souvenir for this. I have a souvenir and this souvenir was 
the more important piece of my life would assign me to be uh, a writer and uh, perhaps a cop of or a journalist. It was perhaps 15 years ago. It was a night. And after a call from my, my father back in, in his work, and perhaps it was 4 a.m. In, in the morning, he's back in the home. Yeah, take a glass like this, a big glass like this. Yeah, take the bottle of, of, of whiskey, and, in, and I drink immediately a glass of whiskey like this, but too fast, like this, mm-hmm. like water. After this, I look at my father like this and say, what is this? What is what the problem? And it just answered, I remember this. When you looked at the body of five children who were died in a fire, and the father was an alcoholic, and the father and, and, and not a reaction to save his family, you drink and you go to sleep. Because you want just to sleep, to don't remember the stories of, of the children. After this, my point of view concerning the cop, concerning the police and, and the story of police was completely different, was completely different. I was not a young people, I was an adult. Um, perhaps it was just before uh, my, fir- my, first do- my first daughter was not, was not born. And af- after this, when I had my, my first daughter, the life for me was completely different. The same, my point of view was different. And it's one of the decisions to decide me to, to write to write books and to explain the story of victims or of killers like Ted Bundy, for example, with Ted Bundy memories of the best. I understand that completely. Um, And I think when we think about going, and this might be a a conversation for a whole other time, but but I think that (laughs) when we think about going into that sort of first response work, the biggest issue now that I see is there's just no mental health help. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's a very hard thing to be in. So I completely understand that. Yeah. At the end, at the end, your, your, your parents are alone. You're alone. And after this, it's like um, a distance between you and your parents because you have no other words to explain the sadness. Your sadness there's sadness. Mm-hmm. You have no the word. You have just not the word to, to speak. Mm-hmm. And after this, it was one of the, of the decision. I have taken the decision definitely after this to change the life of of many people in the world and to explain the story of of victims, the story of, of people like this, of the real heroes uh, in the life in reality. And it's why I had write my first book concerning Ted Bundy. And after this, I had write Ted Bundy Memories of the Best with E.G. just for this. Just to explain the real stories of the real heroes of the life. Not the, not the heroes in the book, in the comics, or heroes like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the real life. The real life is in the heart, in, in the street, every day for many people. The life is dangerous. Um, EJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up and where you came from? Yeah, um, I am from North Carolina. I've lived here all my life, and I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, So we are about two hours west of the capital, Raleigh. Um, And I, I grew up fascinated by cemeteries. I was always kind of drawn to the macabre. But there's also a lot of history and cemeteries. Um, so I think I've always kind of had this darker draw to me. Um, and the first 
killer that I ever read about was Ted Bundy. So I just kind of, I don't know what it was. There was just something magnetic about him that drew me in to learn about all these different types of serial killers. Um, I've always been fascinated by the organized lust killers, which Bundy definitely fits that category, the psychology. So it's not something from my background necessarily that drew me to them, but I think not wanting to be a victim is really where it started. So I've, I've been lucky to have had the opportunity to travel a great deal. Um, I've been at almost all the crime cons every year because they're in different cities. And, you know, just being able to go out and meet people and meet other people with the same fascination. Um, I was very lucky to have met Fabian. And, you know, we have a, um, an interesting connection because we, we were introduced by Kathy Kleiner, who was one of the survivors of Ted Bundy. She mentioned to me that Fabian was looking for an American to write this book with. And so that's actually how we got to know each other. Oh, wow. um, Was through Kathy. She's an amazing individual. That's wonderful. This is collectively your first book. The first book for both of you, right? This is Uh, my first book. This is the first book for AJ. For me, it's different. It it was my my fifth uh, oh, at wow. the starting of my car- uh, the starting of my career, it was it was different because I had write uh, books of, of drama because I'm I'm actor and I'm actor. I have a, I had study uh, the drama and in in high school and after this in university in France. And and for me, it's my it's my fifth. After the first book, it was concerning the, the story of Marilyn Monroe. I, I, I had write another book concerning. Uh, an important, um, an important scientist uh, police situation uh, of of the last uh, of the last decade in France, and after this, I had write two different books concerning uh, a drama to play a drama in France. My first book concerning Ted Bundy was uh, Lady Killer. It was in uh, in twenty in twenty ninety. Um, when I starting to to write concerning Ted Bundy, I have just the idea uh, to play a drama. It was my first uh, idea because uh, many people in France didn't know the stories of Ted Bundy because Ted Bundy is like your your rock star. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? American, really yeah. yeah. <laughs> many, yeah. in many, in many, in, in a many singing process of many people is like a rock star or or the star of the serial killers. It's like, for example, animals, a cannibal for for the unreal story of Silence of the Lambs. Right. And my first book was Lady Killer. After this, I was alone. One night, I was alone in my home. I was in reflection concerning my a new project. And the first people I had speak of this project was uh, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Ham Sullivan, he had write perhaps 10 books concerning Ted Bundy. He's an important guy. He's ready. He's a, he's a genius. He's like, he's a book in his, in, his, in his book. It's a book in his brain. He speak of Ted Bundy every time. He's the first guy would have speak of this. And I remember it was a night I had explained my project at, at Kevin. And perhaps two days after this or two days after this, um, I recall at Kevin and Kevin said, "Okay, tonight at ten at ten p.m. I have a surprise for you. Uh, open your Skype, and a woman wants to speak with you." I say, "Okay, who is this woman?" He said, "It's a surprise." Okay, go to Skype at, at ten p.m. And when I starting my Skype, it was Kadi Kleiner in front of me. It was my first connection with the story of of real Ted Bundy because for the first book I, I, I had worked during ten years, ten years. Ten travels because at this part of my life I have another work in America. Three months, three months every year. 
I was in, in Utah, I was in the state of Washington, in, I, I was in Colorado, in other places like this, but it was just um, paper connection or story connection. But it was the first time that the people who had lived the story with 10 bodies speak with me. And I remember when the Skype, it was open like this. When I was in front, Caddy, I had not the words to speak. I was, I was paralyzed. I was completely paralyzed. And I just explained at Kathy, okay, Kathy, you know, you know, it's my first uh, project. My first project is Lady Killer. Is your story the drama? We are. I had worked with with Kathy to to write the first book. And after this, in a, in a second time, I explained at Kathy, okay, the first book uh, will be a drama, but the second book will be like an addition of interviews of the different people uh, we will be in the drama it's like it's like um so you have uh, an encyclopedia and you have the first part and the second part the first part is a drama and the second part will be the interviews but at the end of this thinking process i have a problem is the connection to be in connection with american people and uh, in at this time i have like Many websites like Crime Piper of Iron Banks, like um, Bandifile of EG. I was in connection with many uh, researchers. I had at this part of my life many problems with researchers because you know it's a real world, but strange world. And after many problems with researchers, I say, okay, okay, okay. I want to speak with the normal people. I want to be in connection with the normal people because I take a pictures, I have a reflection of researchers. I, I want to write an article, I speak with the researchers. Why the researchers are so dangerous or strange? I'm just a normal guy. I want to speak with a normal guy. You know this, Mandy? When I, for example, when I look in, in different websites or social medias and I look, the first time when I think it was strange, it was just to starting to speak with EG. I had write, uh, EG had write uh, an interview of me for Bundify.com. And one night I received a message which said, the message which said, you're a cheater. You're not a specialist of Ted Bundy. You attack my pictures. You attack my stories, my studies. I just answered at these people, who are you? Who are you? Are you the daughter of Ted Bundy? His sister, a part of his family? I just want to have a, no, I just want to have an answer, please. Give me an answer. She says, the people say, I don't want to push his name because you know you know the name of these people. All of the people were on normal of the name of these people. It and wasn't me. It wasn't me saying that. <laughs> was, it's my pictures. I say, it's not your pictures. I just want to explain. It's a picture of the coroner. It's a, it's a picture of a body who died. It's not your pictures. You have pushed your, it's my apologize. You just, you just, you just push yeah. your fucking name in the pictures. It's not possible to say it's my pictures. It's the pictures of the people who died. It's the pictures of the family, so you want, mm -hmm. of the police, so you want, of the justice. But my work during the last 10 years, it, it was a job with cops, with lawyers, with uh, members of families, with journalists, with victims, with cops, not with cheaters. And when I had the connection with EG at the first time, and I speak with EG, I know, I say, okay, it's a normal person. <laughs> it's a relatively gate. normal. <laughs> gate. It's like a tunnel. It's like a tunnel. It's like a tunnel of light. And after this, I don't want to change. 
for all of the money of the world. It's not possible to change. The connection will be good. And right. after this, we say, okay, we have the solution to write Ted Bundy, Memoir de la Bête, to translate at Ted Bundy, Memories of the Best. And after yeah. this, it was an addition of different interviews with EGs. And after this, we have many ideas to write perhaps the more important books concerning Ted Bundy during the last 10 years. It's not me who said yeah. this. Huh? It's John Douglas or Ken Catteris, for example. Right. We well, actually and, know what you're talking and, about. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> understand that. Lately. You guys understand. So so I had been writing my blog, Bundyfile.com, since 2009. So that's how I got to know Kathy was that she actually, um, I actually reached out to her and interviewed her. And then we got to be really good friends. And so that's how I got connected with Fabian. So it's it's been just really fascinating. And working with him is much easier than I think it could have been, especially with him being all the way over in France and me being here in the U.S. And yeah, I was <laughs> I was just gonna say for the listeners real quick, um, this is the first time I've actually given like a preview of my questions. So <laughs> if it sounds like I'm just sitting here doing nothing, it's because they already know what I was gonna ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not doing that on purpose. <laughs> so they're already answering the questions I was going to ask, which is totally fine because the whole point is to listen to to you and, and hear it from your words. So that's fine with me. Um, I was going to say about um, what Fabian was just talking about. So we have now interviewed a lot of authors. We've spoken with a lot of authors, a lot of journalists, and they seem to all have that in common like we see that a lot where people just come out of the woodwork and they're like my research is the best research and and it's it's definitely an issue so yeah we, we understand that yeah. yeah yeah tell me how you went about and and um ej we'll just go with you first tell me how you usually conducted your interviews um was it just any way you could get it whether it was in i know we always like in person best that's our mm -hmm. favorite thing is in person um but if you couldn't were you able to do remote interviews or phone interviews and stuff like that most of the interviews i did were by phone um, or by email um it's we were interviewing a lot of older people and for them it's just easier sometimes to communicate by phone so most of the people were fine with me um i didn't even use a recorder i'm typing the whole time they're talking to me i've already got my questions and i'm typing the whole time <laughs> yeah wow. and um, i actually had one of the people did ask not to be recorded so i i interviewed him before And I just kind of learned how to do that technique of just writing down everything he said. So I was able to get a couple of good quotes from him that I could put in the book. Um, but yeah, most of them were by phone. A couple of them were very, very long and, and very difficult to get through just because they have so much information and so many ideas and they want to get them all out there for you. Um, But there were a couple that just preferred to do, like have me send the questions by email and then they emailed back. And then in, um, I actually wrote my um, chapters more like prose. Um, so I would take their answers and kind of build something um, from it. And everyone I interviewed, I, I just went ahead and said, look, look over this, make sure I got everything right. And then, you know, they, they kind of okayed the chapters from there. So I was very lucky that, um, I was able just to reach out on social media for most of these people and, and get them interviewed. And, um, and it was just, it was very, 
it was exciting. It was fascinating. Just these these guys in, involved in the Bundy story are kind of our heroes. You know, they've persevered. They're survivors or they're people that prosecuted him or people that interviewed him or took control of him in Florida. Um, and so they, they really kind of are rock stars to Fabian and me. I mean, I'm just speaking for <laughs> speaking for him as well, but I, I get that impression. So, um, yeah, it was it was really exciting. And I would have loved to have met with them in person, but there just weren't any that were close to me. Um, I will be going to CrimeCon in Orlando this September, and I'm actually going to drive up and meet a few of the people that live in Tallahassee. I oh, think, wow. So. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Interesting. We have this, we have this dream to be at the crime to be at the crime yeah. Con, yeah. Uh, for for the next. But it's important to say equally that we were simply lucky in this in, in this story. I just want to explain because I have three different elements to explain why we will was were lucky like this. I remember the first story with the story with Kathy in reality because it's like a connection. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a sweet part of a story between uh, E.G., Kathy, and me. Uh, yeah. Kathy, for, for Kathy for the first book for Lady Killer, and then after this, it, it was a connection directly to have a gate with E.G. It, it was the first lucky situation. The second situation is that all of the people we had speak with E.G. or me are really 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 sympathetic and we are touch the art of many people for example when i had the idea the first time i remember i say okay fabian so you have a dream what the people you have a list of people we want to speak with many people but what the list i remember this i had write a list in my in my paper book in my in my in my bedroom i was in my office i had call with with ag and i say okay i have many dreams it's for example to speak with uh, to speak with um ken Cataris, for example or to speak with many people like this but in reality the first lucky time it was with john Douglas, the writer of mine hunter i remember this it was perhaps four years ago. I was in front of my computer. I was in social media. And you know, when you're a researcher or a scientist, you, you go to research the name of many people in the social media because now we have Instagram, Facebook, and they also like this. And I remember it was a night. I look a profile and the name was John Douglas. Uh, John Douglas, the real my daughter. At the first time in my head, I had just think, okay, it's another cheating profile of the people <laughs> who dream to be John Douglas. Yeah. I remember this. But in the same part, um, at, at this time, uh, we had a problem with a, with a French writer and a French journalist. It was a cheater. His name is, his name is uh, Stéphane Bourgoin. And mm-hmm. during the last three decades, this guy, he had cheated all of the books. It was just a copist. Um, he had take the words of John Douglas and of other people all around the world to wrote his books. And after three decades, the mask, the mask was rocked. It was a cheaters. We have special information in newspaper, at the television, etc. And many people say, okay, Stephen, Stephen Bourgoin was the cheater of the serial killers in the world. And the connection was really special. Why? Because Stefan Bourgoin, he had said many times, oh, John Douglas is one of my friends. I was at the FBI at Cantico with John, etc., etc. And in my second process, I, I have the same question every time. You know that's true or not true? Stefan Bourgoin speak of John Douglas like 
one of his brother or lack of his friend. I want to speak with this guy to have an answer. And at this part of my life, four years ago, I had directly a connection with John Douglas. After perhaps many weeks or many months, I had pushed message, email, message, I had speak with EG. Okay, I want a connection with John Douglas. And one night, my Facebook popped up like this. Boom. Hi, Fabian. I'm the real John Douglas, and I want to speak with you. Are you agree? <laughs> we have a camera. It's, it's a secret camera. Who's the joke? Ah, it's a TV show. And um, John explained. John explained he had a problem with Stefan Bourgoin because Stefan Bourgoin had cheated many stories of serial killers, many stories of of murderers, etc., etc. And he said, "Okay, the, I, I, I want I want to finish this guy because this guy is a cheater. He had write the story of Ted Bundy, but he said shits. It's not true. He say all of the elements are not normal. It's not proved. No." Okay, I want another guy who write a book concerning Ted Bundy. Fabian, please, work with me. I want to work with you. So so it's necessary for you to have my counsels, to have my explanation. Uh, I want to be your friend, to fight cheaters like this. I want to work only with real researchers, real writers. You have a solution? I say, I'm your solutions. The first book is the first book that I starting like this, and after this, when I starting my second book with E.G., I had said, "Okay, I want to speak directly with John. I have a dream that to have." And John, I had accept to 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 write a, a few words at the end of the book. I don't know, so you have looked this. I, I had looked at pictures of John Douglas at his home, perhaps two weeks ago, with the books of E.G. and my books. You imagine this? It was not possible in my dreams. 20 years ago, because 20 years ago, uh, John Douglas, he had pushed many council for, for example, Silence of the Lambs. When I listened to this, it was like a dream. And after this, with John Douglas, I have many connections, for example, like Mark Safarek or EG with uh, Dr. John Libert. We had speak with specialized like this of the tax force. And when you have the dream to write a book concerning Ted Bundy, it's not just to hide the stories of victims, but equally the story of specialized or scientists. And the more best example are John Douglas, Mark Safarek, John Libert, uh, I, I don't know, Larry, Larry, uh, Larry Simpson, Larry Anderson, like this. And at the end, at the end, I have another little secret: is that 20 years ago. Uh, when I was young, it's not it's not a problem for me. I speak of this completely uh, sincerely and without uh, emotion. I was raped when I was young by by people of my family. Okay, uh, it was no, it was not terrible. I was just a victim of this. It was like this, but uh, I remember in my dream uh, 20 years ago, I want to change of church. I want to change of God. Because in front of Jesus Christ, I was not in connection. It was really strange part of my life. I was just perhaps 20 and I had changed of church. Um, I was a member of LDS. And sincerely, it was a little part of the secret of this book. Sincerely, because so I was not a member of the LDS. Never I had speak with people, for example, Larry Simpson. Larry Simpson was a guy who had baptism, Ted Bundy in first. Uh, during the 70s, I had speak with many people of the church of the case of Ted Bundy. Uh, Larry Anderson. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Not yeah. And with Simpson, with connection like this, with a connection in the real stories of Ted Bundy, it was completely different. It was completely different. It's like, it's like a puzzle. 
and you take all of the part of the puzzle, you stick all of the part, and at the end, at the end, you have the pictures of Ted Bundy. And it's the secret of EG. My secret is the secret of our friends, because now it's not normal people, it's our friends. Uh, Larry is a friend, Katie is a friend, Ken Catherine is a friend, all of the people of the books are our friends. It's really strange. It's like, a, now it's like a big family after two books, it's like a big family, definitely. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. I've always thought this is that, you know, when I was 18, 19, I was the epitome of what Ted Bundy would have looked for. I was. You small. should see a picture of her, for real. Yeah. She, I mean, she fit the bill. Dark hair, parted in the middle, dark eyes. I was, you know, I wasn't really aware of my surroundings a whole lot. You know, I lived in. I lived in Overland Park, Kansas, where there wasn't a lot of crime. I just didn't have, you know, a lot of awareness. But I think learning about him and knowing back then, and this was in the, uh, this was in the 90s by this point, but I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and knowing about him and learning about the predators that are out there, I think helped me be more aware of my surroundings and actually helped me um, I was approached by the Ether Man, which is a, he's a rapist and he's raped, I think, 300 and something women Ooh, and so yeah. many Cereal. states. Yeah. Yes. And when he approached me, I was, I think a lot of my tools that I used to get away from him was tools that I knew that I had to have because of predators like Ted Bundy. And I know that sounds kind of, you know, but it's true. If you, if I didn't have known about him and known that there were people out there, you know, praying on, I would not have been more heightenedly aware of my surroundings. And so I, I think about that and I think about, you know, authors like you both that write these books that really help our next generation, like my daughter and who is my age now at that time. And they get to really know about these dangers through you guys. And they mm-hmm. can, you know, even though I might tell her to the, cows come home (laughs) that you need to watch out you need to be aware but it it's when they learn it from authors and from you know people like wonderful like you she she really takes it in and I think that to me is just um I'm very thankful that we have authors that can do that and bring these things to light and help our youth you know beware and be more um heightened because it can happen at any time and you just don't know and I've thought about that. I really think that is Bundy's legacy. That's the only good thing that he left behind is that it's taught us how to be more aware of ourselves and, yes. and particularly women. I want to just yeah. build on your what you just said, Mandy, and, and also say that um, especially with something like this guy, this book that you guys have written, um, you get to show the other side. The ripple effect where it wasn't just the person who was killed. It was their friends. It was their family. It was someone in the next room. It was someone, you know, a secretary at the police station. It was just this huge ripple that affected so many lives. And I love that we get to see the multiple sides of that in your book. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Oh, it's. It's, it's great, and it's, it shows just not the victim itself, but like Raven was saying, the victim can be so many people, mm-hmm. not just the actual victim themselves. And no. he, he left a wake across the United States. 
And a lot of people were were frightened. And I think that's one thing about him that's so interesting. He didn't stay in one place. He traveled and that made the whole United States just be in, you know, in a frightened state. And so I find that very interesting because there's not many like him that travel everywhere. You know, some of them will stay like in California and travel in Northern or Southern, but not across the United States. I think it's because perhaps it's possible again to write books concerning Bundy now. Because with a normal, normal, we have not a normal serial killers or, or, or killer. Okay, I had speak. I remember perhaps 10 years ago when I was starting to write concerning the serial killers, killer, I had speak with my father concerning this point of view. You think it's possible to be a normal killer or a normal serial killer? Yeah, just say now. Why? Why is the difference with the normal people and another people? Um, and he had say a, a strange answer, but it's true. The killer, the killer, listen to this, is the normal people who had decide to be the devil. It's just this. And in, in the story of Bundy, it's why many people are connected to the story of Bundy, because it was a normal guy, a beautiful guy, a student who decide to be the devil. It was the first reason why it's possible to write books or articles again now. And it's why we have another dream with EG is to write uh, another books. And for me, it will be the end life of Tripic because the first time was the stories, the second time was the interviews. And I want to, fi- to finish with the stories of the family of victims who were died by or killed by Ted Bundy because I think we, d- we don't listen. Um, I say every time we don't listen this the sound of the silence. It's like it's like the song, essentially. And, I, and one of my dreams is this, the sound of silence. Perhaps it was the solution for the title of the box. But some, some every time we, we don't listen to the, the stories of, of normal, of normal, because it's not normal or not normal, it's not this. But we don't listen to the, the stories of victims or, for example, the, the story of friends like Debbie Ciccarelli. Debbie uh, had accept to, to answer at the book because it was a fr- one of the first time because ordinarily it's the same questions for all of the people. For example, for Katie Kleiner is, Katie, you're a victim of K Omega. What do you think of your story? For Debbie, it was the same. Debbie, you were the friend of, of many people of Key Omega. What do you think of your stories? But in this book, it was not like this. We have the idea to change the point of view, to change the map of work, and we are decide. Okay, in first, we said that the people the choice to take one picture to explain his story with Ted Bundy. You chose your pictures, and in first, you explain why these pictures. It was the first signing of all of the stories. After this, we have pushed questions concerning these pictures and concerning the story with Bundy. And it was necessary to have the more important information, the more important answers concerning the story of Bundy's and his uh, Kenning's world all around the America. Because you are not the truth, Bundy. It's not a story concerning only uh, Washington State or Colorado or Utah, you, you know that's true in, in reality. Perhaps he had killed 36, but it's not real. 
in reality, perhaps it's 100 people who are killed by Ted Bundy. Never it's possible to have these solutions with, for example, the case of Anne-Marie Of We have many, many, many cases, many cases like this. It's one, for example, I had speak with Klaus Steiger, for example. He had worked during uh, 30 years at the police of Seattle. He had many, many, uh, many pieces of papers. We explained different cases of, of murders not explained. Uh, sometimes we have perhaps... Uh, we have crossed between uh, the Green River Killer at Ten Bandy. Is another point of view for uh, most of cops or most of researchers. Perhaps the connection was possible or not. We have not the answers, and never it it will be possible to have the answer at the end of the end. But in the book for for Mandy and for the others, it was it, it was not the dream. It was. Um, the reason in my heart and in the heart of E.G. is to have um, another story in the story, the other stories in the story on reality. And so I'm not this. It's not possible. Without David Chikrali and without the others, it was not possible. Uh, without, for example, when I had speak the first time with, with John Liebert, with Dr. Liebert, with E.G., when we have the connection... <laughs> Yeah. Remember, we remember, Reggie, it was not possible to understand clearly the explanation of the of labor. Explain this, for example. Yeah, it was, it was hard to understand. Well, I think it was, he just had so much information he was trying to get out. And so I had to really sit and make sure I understood what his answer meant in order to make sense of it in the book. <laughs> Because when we have more information like this, scientist information, human information, the scientist understands Clearly, his explanation. Okay, blah 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 blah, and you say okay. Yep. But I have a problem. I don't speak Egyptian. Mm. Uh, I, don't, yes. I don't speak Egyptian. Translate I do that me. Sometimes I do. I get on my I get on my psychology psychobabble and I... yeah. Mandy, yeah. dumb it down for me, please. <laughs> and when right. you this, okay, so, EG, please. Translate for me. Right. So, yeah, so he was already, Fabian was already interacting with Dr. Liebert, and he was like, I'm not really sure I'm understanding everything he's saying. Can you can you call him and talk to him? So we both kind of built that, that um, his part of the story together, because it really, he really, he's very smart. And so, you know, he's, he's using a lot of lingo that, that even, so, even someone who's native English speaker I wasn't catching everything. So I had to go back and make sure and ask him again sometimes. And it was a lot of work, but it was also really fascinating. So that's cool. Right. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was great. So I know that just from our work um, and meeting people like you and who do work like us, um, you know, where you're working with victims and victim family, I know that the subject matter is always going to be difficult but was there any for each of you a particular interview or person that you spoke with that maybe emotionally touched you more than the others we each had a separate person mine was um ken katsaris he's the last chapter of the book he's the one who um actually took control of Bundy in Florida. He was the sheriff of Leon County. Um, and I had already interviewed him for my blog before. He was a really tough nut to crack because he was very defensive um, when I started talking to him um, initially. He didn't know what my, what my agenda was. And so he had been portrayed negatively in the past 
for a couple of decisions that were made not through his own control. And he wasn't sure how I was going to show him. So when I wrote my first article and he saw that I actually understood how important he was to the case, he opened up a lot more and it made it easier for me to ask him to be a part of the book. And then just kind of talking to him about what it was like, you know, keeping Bundy in, in the, uh, it, you know, they, he put him in a cell with three separate locks and three different people had the keys. So that was not only a, a fire hazard, which he was fined for by the fire department, but, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what would have happened if they'd had a fire. And I also don't blame them, though. <laughs> right, right. No, not at all. Bundy had escaped twice. Katsaris yeah. knew that he was mm-hmm. uh, an escape risk. But it was just, you know, he had been to the autopsies of the two young women that were killed in the Cuyamega house in Florida. He, he had been in, in the world of forensics for a long time, and he knew what he was dealing with, whereas other people in law enforcement didn't. So for me, he was really kind of my hero in the story, as well as, of course, the survivors. And, you know, um, but he's the one that I I think I connected with the most through interviews. Fabian, what about you? Yeah, for me, the story, for me, the story is different. Because when I started to build uh, the project with with EG, um, I had a dream in my head. I, I want to speak with a family of, of Kimberly Lynch or, or with the friends of, of Kimberly. It, it was not possible because the connection is not really simple. Perhaps, I hope, in, in the future, it will be more easy to have a connections. But uh, in a part of my head, I, I had a dream is, is to speak with Bob Dickel, uh, with Mr. Dickel. Um, uh, when I had starting to write the books, we have many connections. It was not really easy to speak with Bob. Because um, his story with uh, with Ted Bundy was really strange, because it was a guy we had we had work uh, concerning the case of of Kimberly Lynch, and and for Bob the case of Kimberly it was like he had lost a member of his family. I, I remember the first words in the story of of Bob. He had explained the first word was this: um, the last week. I was here in this church, but it was not for a little children. It was for two of my friends. My friends are killed by by a killer in the street. They were caught. And now I'm in the same church in front of the body of a little girl. And I'm shocked. It was the first the first word that I had exchanged with Bob Dickel. He had explained at the same time he had lost three important people in his life in two weeks. Two friends, and after this, he had lost. Perhaps three or four weeks after this, he, he had lost. He had lost Kimberly, and it was the first guy in the in the camp where the where the body of Kimberly was discovered. It was really strange. I don't want to explain this, but what I speak of this, he had pushed the real pictures in his office. He, he, he had the, the real pictures. We had taken. We attacked during the in '78 uh, in this part of, of Florida, and he had explained this is a real pictures. It's not a pictures of uh, of a newspaper. It's not the pictures of another guy. It's the pictures of police. And when he had explained the story of Kimberly, uh, for example, when he had looked and when he had read read the book, he had say, "Okay, I had drew uh, I had read my." My chapters, but for me, it's not possible to to read the other chapters. It's not possible because I don't want to have more information concerning Ted Bundy's. I understand completely this, but for me, the the answers of, of Bob 
are like a chalk because I'm father too. I have two daughters. And for me, uh, a reaction like this, it was like a blood reaction for me. It's an art reaction. And for me, it's, a, it's not the more important because all of the interviews or the books are important. For example, the work of Abigail Ansmeyer is incredible with all of the pictures. Uh, the answers of Cady, David Ciccarelli, of the other Dr. Libert, many people who had speak of this. All of the answers are really important. But with Bob, is like um, a special connection between two fathers. I have the same sensation like in the, in the TV show Animal. It was like I'm in this place in the camp in front of the body of Kimberly in the sentence like him. I am this feeling, this sensation. It was really strange. When I speak with Bob the first time of the case of Bundy, I have, this, I have the sensation to be with Bob in the place where the body of Kimberly was discovered. It was really strange. And for me, this is a more human interviews. And now for him, is not really simple because I had speak with him perhaps three days ago or four days ago. I'm not sure of this. He had pushed an answer concerning the books and concerning his feelings. And he was really sad because he remembered again and again and again. It's like, for example, the guy we were in Vietnam. Uh, all of the night, you are like in a nightmare. You remember your friends who died on the camp of war. And for and for Bob, it's the same. Every night, he thinks at, at the story of Bundy and he had the pictures of Kimberly in, in his head. It's completely different of the others. And for example, Ken is the heroes, but... Ken, it was like the superheroes, and Bob was like the normal heroes. I don't want to say super and normal, but it just to explain the, to explain the difference. You know, first time we have a guy is strong. Ken is strong. He want to kill the devil. He was a good guy. I, but I remember, I remember a, a sentences of Bob Dickel. He had explained, I was, I was. Uh, it was during the, the trial of of Bundy at Orlando. I was in a room and I don't know why I had changed a room and in few minutes I was in front of the devil. It was Ted Bundy. I just say, hey Ted, how are you? And Ted Bundy I answer, good. And you, Bob? And he just said, at this time Bundy was a guy like me and you. And it's why he, he had broke my heart because it was a guy like you and me, but so dangerous. It was like a crocodile. The crocodile doesn't move, and when he moved, it's to kill you. Mm -hmm. It was the same feeling in his heart and in his, his thinking process. And it's why, for me, the, the intervention of, of Bob Dickel is one of the more emotional in, in the book, definitely. Are you working on anything now, and will we see more collaborations from you in the future? We have a yeah. dream. We have a dream. We have a dream. <laughs> I love how French he is. We have a dream. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we are going to be working on a book um, focusing more on the families of the victims. Um, and that's really just kind of an idea right now. We're not fully, um, we haven't really talked about where we want to go with that. But um, so that's coming down the pipeline. I know for me, I've got a script um, that I'm working on right now about a different killer. Um, that I'm actually working with the actor Bishop Stevens and director Ash Hamilton to see if we can get that movie um, filmed this year. And um, hopefully that'll be out soon. So that's kind of something I'm doing separately. Awesome. Vivian, are you working on anything else separately? 
separately and for me uh, and for me for for the next step it will be the drama in may because uh the lady killer the, the drama lady killer will be starting in the theater in france uh, in wow. may the, um, the, the 5th of may it's starting in france and after this we will be uh we will be in italia we have the dream to be in america because one of my dreams is to present definitely lady killer in america especially uh, in the part of Florida and Utah and Colorado. And I have the dream to, to present the stories of Ted Bandui with another part of you, with a European part of you, not an American. Because I think the, la the Latin, the Latin uh, thinking process is different. Uh, in, in drama or in movie or in, in theaters, you, you know this. Right. In literature, in literature is different. In music is different. And... Um, Our point of view is different because we have decided to push like heroes as uh, victims of Bundy in Lady Killers, like Caddy Kleiner and Stapley and the others. Because it's not, for example, um, Lady McChesney, she was a member of uh, of the Ted Tax Force. For example, yeah. for me, for example, she was she was a victim. Uh, the mother of Ted Bundy was a victim, for example. Uh, I don't know. Liz Liz Kaffler was a victim. Uh, all, all, all of people like this are victims. Is one of my dream with uh, with Lady Killer in in a drama. It's to explain that the victim are not the victim in fr in front of your eyes, but in reality is in your as a victim are in your back. In reality, the more important victim are in your back. Mm -hmm. is, uh, is not to be just died. Okay, uh, young ladies are died in in in, in these terrible murderers, but mm -hmm. at the end of the end, I think when your parents. And your children died. You died. You are died for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life. And it's the same for the brothers and the sisters and all of the members of families. And it's why we have the dream at the end of the end to to to, to write another books concerning the families. I think it, it will be not easy to have the, the interviews, to have the, the testimonies of families because it's not really easy to speak. I remember in. Um, In funding for a killer, for example, uh, we, we had looked at the family of uh, Linda Han Linda Hanley. So I remember this. Uh, yeah, in in yeah. prime in the movie of Prime Video, I remember the sister of Linda. It was terrible, sincerely, when she said, "Okay, we are here for the last time to explain the story of my sister." She's crying during all of the movie, and I was in front of the TV and I said. What is possible for a guy to kill the, a young woman like this? But this woman had, had sisters, had brothers. And at the end of the end, the people who suffered of this, all the family, uh, is not you and me. It's not the researchers, it's not the cop, it's not um, the journalist, etc., etc. Okay, it's not easy for all of the people in the world when you listen to a story like this. But at the end of the end, and I want to finish with this, I had write a song, the title is To Pin a Barbie Doll. I, I had write a song with, uh, because I'm singer in France and actors in the same time, I had write a special song and the name is To Pin a Barbie Doll. It, it's a song, I had write this song with the words of of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the mother of Anne-Marie Burr. Um, it's like, it's like it's, it's because to pin, to pin in a Barbie doll is like when you stick a, a badge uh, for a skirt or a Barbie doll and it's this. And for me, when I had write this song, perhaps two or three years ago, I remember when I listened the music, like a country music, and then when I remember the words of of the mother of Anne Marie, I remember the 
it's like the sounds of all the voice of the of the mothers of the of the women who were killed by Ted Bundy in my in my head every time I listen this it's like ghosts with me every time we have we have ghosts every time we have ghosts ghosts of your family ghosts of the other family but in the story of Ted Bundy when you were completely good it's it's like to live every time with the story of the others so we want to speak of this it's it's like um, it's like to be a victim too but we are happy we have family we have our children it's the more important it's the more important for her. yeah definitely absolutely wow. thank you so much I was reading um, when I started your book and you guys started with Kathy Kleiner I was like okay well I'm done <laughs> I can't emotionally make it any further <laughs> oh she's amazing and she considers it cathartic to talk about her experience she's just been through so much she's got a book coming out later this year probably around oh. autumn oh no, wow yeah. I'll have yeah, to so get I'm that. sure I'll, I'll be reposting it Fabian will probably post it too so yeah, for sure yeah She's got a lot of coping, great coping skills. She really has. The life of Kathy is is definitely not easy. Definitely. No. 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 It's like, it's like, it's like a world of, it's like a world of of death, a world of sufferance, uh, of health problems for his family, for her. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's terrible. it's like a miracle in reality. Is my is my hero? He's like Caesar. Or he's like a, he's not a superhero. I know words to explain yeah. the story of a guy like this. Yeah, because she's still having surgeries for the damage Bundy did to her her jaw. Oh, yeah, she okay. fight she fight every day, and now no, she she had problem with his with his family. She's back in Florida for this. For Florida oh, now, it's incredible. It's yeah. simply yeah. incredible. Absolutely wow. incredible. Yep. Just wait. Well, um, she's supposed to be at Crime Con, so I've, if she's going to be there, I'll bring her over to your table. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. So this oh, is weird. Wow. I was telling Mandy this. I was like, I don't ever get. I think this is why I'm really good at interviews, uh, like doing interviews, <laughs> because I don't ever yes. get like starstruck. I'm just like uh-huh. people are people. You know, people are doing awesome things, but they're still people. Yeah. And I think that there's probably like maybe three people, and I think well. John Douglas is one of those people. I would definitely mm-hmm. be starstruck. Um, Stephen King, and and then when I get to thinking about it, I'd be like, meeting a woman who should not be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think that is worthy of being starstruck. So yeah. I think I would probably be like, oh my gosh, I have to like go cry in the bathroom for a minute <laughs> just for what I you've been through. <laughs> she's, she's so bubbly though. I mean, she she's like, she's so extroverted that you'll be friends immediately and you, you know, you'll get beyond that. Don't worry. She's That's amazing. So awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You're welcome when you want in France. When you want, you're welcome to drink a champagne and yes. to, to go to in Paris. Okay? When we have time, Absolutely. take a few minutes. Sounds good. Let's go to Paris and we go to a restaurant. Someday uh, I will. She wants to take with champagne. Okay? I'm going to keep that promise. Someday. <laughs> During the week, you take, you take just 10 minutes for this. It will be good. <laughs> Listeners, you can find more about Fabian and EJ as well as Ted Bundy, Memories of the Beast on our website under the tab Author Alley. And you can also find the book on Amazon.com. I I am listed at BundyFile.com. I'm also on Twitter as Rose Dysfunction. 
yeah, we have we have many solutions. So we want to speak of the books. So you have questions. So you want to speak um, of the possibilities to write the books because when we had when we had write the, the second book, Ted Bundy: Memories of the Bears, I, I, I had built a new uh, house of edition in in France and in America. I work with one of my friends. We have built a Grim Reality Publishing uh, just to have. Um, a little thinking uh, for for the brothers for the green brothers but you know it's a is not the green real like it's like a, um the dark part of the life green reality publishing i have a dream is to to publish all of the books of people we want to to explain the story of of uh, killers of of your families for example when you had speak of of people we work for the police and the other like this i have a dream is to publish many books all around the world because it's not really easy for many people to to write it's not really easy to be published and i want to resolve the problem of many people in the past when i was young i had a dream is just to be published and to have my books in my uh, in 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 you know in my office in my home and now i want it's possible to to resolve this problem and and to build the dream of of many writers in the world. So you want to dream to have your books, speak with Grim Reality Publishing, give me a message. Perhaps you will be a solution for you. And it's important to speak of all of the murderers, all of the victims, all of the serial killers, not of the stars like Bundy of Jeffrey Dahmer or the others. We have many stories. I want to listen. I want to listen to the family of victims. I want to listen to the, the story of all, all of the killers. I want to write many books concerning the little stories or the big stories is more important. We are not alone. You are not alone. And I have this song in my hand every time. You never walk alone. At the end of the end, it's more important. You never walk alone.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Raven's Reviews. Catch more next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?